You're listening to the Workforce Wise podcast from Equifax, where we help you better manage your workforce by saving time, reducing risk, and focusing on increasing profits. Hello, and welcome to the Workforce Wise podcast. I'm your host, Jason Fry. Today, we're going to be talking about an interesting subject that many employers may not think about on a day-to-day basis, but it can make a huge difference in the management of their unemployment claims program. Administrative hearings can be a difficult and often misunderstood part of the unemployment claims process, but it honestly doesn't have to be. Today, Dave Caldwell is with us, and he will be walking us through key points for employers to better understand UC hearings from what they are to what's important to how to prepare, all kinds of very interesting information about administrative hearings and what their true impact can be for employers. Dave is our product manager for our UC service, and in that role, he's responsible for the strategic development of our UC offerings. Thanks for joining us today, Dave. Thanks for having me, Jason. I appreciate it. Fun fact about Dave, if you ever meet him in person, he is a musician and can play a wicked guitar. So if you ever see him on the street, make him play you something. No no pressure there, Jason. Right? So Dave, let's start at the very beginning. What is an unemployment hearing and where do they come from and why are they important? Well, I I probably should start off with uh, the fact that they are generally not very popular with folks who uh, have had to do them or do them frequently or attend them frequently. Um, But unemployment hearings generally happen um, when an unemployment claim is filed. I'm going to take you, I'm going to kind of take you back in time to start where, start from scratch where folks might, uh, might not have familiarity with the process. Um, but when an unemployment claim is filed after an employee separates, um, the state rules on that claim, uh, determining whether that person should collect unemployment benefits or not, according to their statutes and rules and regulations. And uh, in either case, whether they are allowed benefits or they're denied benefits, uh, the other party has the, uh, the right or the ability to appeal that, uh, to disagree, uh, in essence. And in most states, when there's a disagreement about benefits uh, and a ruling that's been made, a hearing is the outcome. So those are processes that are scheduled um, where the state is interested in hearing from both parties to make a de- uh, to, to see if they affirm the decision that the um, the hearing uh, the the representative from the state made the first time, um, or if they want to overturn that. Uh, and make a different ruling. And again, it can uh, be either party that files that appeal. So if the employee is denied benefits, they can appeal that. If they are awarded benefits, the employer can appeal that. So I hope hope that provides some background. It does. And can you talk to um, the listeners for just a minute about why it's such an important milestone in the overall claims process? I know you said either side can contest or raise action, but why is that such an important milestone? It's extremely important. And, and I'll tell you, one of the things that a lot of employers that I've worked with over the 
the many years that I've been in this business um, is why do I get the so many of these? Um, why why should I worry about this when it's as a result of the employee filing uh, the appeal? Uh, and so the hearing is because the employee disagrees. Why should I worry about going to that? And one of the things that uh, that I make sure to tell them is that you've won this case at that point, um, and that if if you don't attend that hearing, um, it's very likely that the whatever the employee says, um, you you won't be there to to counter it, uh, or to disagree with it, or object to it, or to provide additional information. And often that's a recipe for um, for losing that claim. And so at that point, that claim is yours to lose. Um, so that's why it's important. Uh, as a milestone, especially if it's an employee appeal. The reason it's so important um, as uh, as a part of the unemployment process for the employer is that generally if an employer appeals, um, it's that they are uh, really concerned with a violation of a policy um, that could lead to or be involved in other litigation. Um, it certainly could also um, ha- have to do with um, other proceedings outside of the unemployment or the work uh, environment, and so they're typically appealing that because they need to uh, they need to make sure that that the company policy or the rule is enforced as part of that hearing outcome. Um, so that's that's why it's so important. These are generally contentious. Um, I'll tell you, in most cases that we see with our client base, only about four percent of total claims actually turn into an unemployment hearing. So. They don't happen all that often, but in our case, that's you know that's six figures uh, every year in terms of the number of hearings um, across our our client base, and every one of those is important. And I will tell you, they generally are much more complicated cases, um, especially again if the employer brings the case to hearing. Uh, they also tend to be um, have, have high liability involved. A lot of employers will contend that the benefits should be denied according to company policy and so forth, if um, in cases where there's a great deal of liability. That is that if the person collected their full unemployment claim, um, that that would be a significant amount of money. Right. And it sounds like it may be more than just the unemployment claim that the employer would be kind of either concerned about or making sure that they're adjudicating correctly. So can you talk a little bit about just how the hearing itself works. So what would the proceedings be like? What would an employer normally see when they um, either dial into or show up for one of either a UC hearing or if they kind of show up in person? What does the overall proceeding look like and what should an employer kind of really be prepared for either from the judge or from the employee who may be there too? Sure. Yeah, and it's it's a good question. And and to something you just mentioned earlier is that it's there's more involved than just the money from the unemployment claim that comes out of your account. Um, just just to just to talk a little bit about that. That's that's a that's an important thing for folks to remember is that uh, typically unemployment um, when, when every dollar goes out of your account for benefit charges, uh, if you're a reimbursing employer like a government agency or a nonprofit. That's a that's a dollar of real money that you then have to pay back. But if you're a tax-paying employer, which most of the for-profit uh, enterprises are out there, um, typically you have to fund the account for that dollar of benefit charges plus administrative fees. So the staff at the state, 
um, socialized charges that take place as a result of a non-charge decision, things like that. So, uh, so really, it's an important point is that for every dollar benefit charges paid, it's roughly a dollar twenty to a dollar fifty, depending on um, the year and the time frame. But the Department of Labor um, uh, data indicates that it's really over a dollar uh, to replace that dollar. So, very important uh, fact that you touched on. Um, the the way a hearing proceeding works, though, is that both parties are, are called, uh, both parties will receive a hearing notice uh, with a date and a time and how to access the hearing. And generally, that is these days, um, as folks might know, uh, via telephone. Uh, as often as possible, they will have those hearings via telephone. In normal uh, pre-COVID pandemic times and probably in the near future, uh, as things get back to some semblance of normal, there might be a more likelihood of an in-person hearing, which means that all parties have to appear in person at a state office uh, address. So that that's essentially how they would access the hearing. And typically that hearing process is going to go through um, hearing statements from both sides um, as far as the information about that person's separation. Um, and then uh, details, documentation might be asked for uh, by the hearing officer or the administrative law judge that's proceeding, uh, presiding over the case. Uh, and they'll ask for documentation. They may have questions around that information. And what a lot of folks don't realize is that they have the, they have opportunities throughout that proceeding uh, for, for certain uh, features of the hearing. So, for example, you have the ability to make an opening comment. You have a, the ability to cross-examine um, the other party, uh, the claimant or the former employee in this case. And you have the ability to uh, make closing statements. And those kinds of things, you know, folks just aren't, if you're not going to hearings all the time, um, those aren't things that you're really comfortable or even knowledgeable about. Uh, so those are important things to be aware of, uh, is, is that ability to interact in the hearing in a, in a defined way. I, and honestly, that's really interesting. And I think one of the reasons that our offering is so successful for our employer clients, because I, I know that we offer both preparation services to get them ready for a hearing. And then we also offer representation services for hearings to work on their behalf. Can, can you talk a little bit about those two aspects of our service, what they are and why they're important for employers? Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, they're, they're both very important and employers choose um, those options um, based on their needs um, the hearing preparation um, is, is essentially every hearing that's scheduled our team as a part of our unemployment cost management solution will prepare them for what they're going to experience. And what that means is not that we would attend the hearing with them, it's that we would make sure they understand kind of what I just talked about, the fact that uh, they're going to be expected to present documentation. Uh, there'll be some discussion about what that documentation might be. For example, if, uh, if it's a violation of a company policy, the state's going to want to know what that policy is, and they're going to want to know that the employee signed an acknowledgement of that policy, so they've agreed to it. Um, they wanna, they'll want to know if there's any warnings or uh, previous incidents that were documented. And so, essentially, um, that process is, is very defined as far as what the state's going to be looking for. And, and although there's variation across the states, um, there are some common themes, and our folks in preparing uh, the client and the person who's going to be attending the hearing um, is, is going to be walking through that with them to the extent that they need it. 
Now, the other important thing that you mentioned um, is the ability for our folks to represent uh, the employer in the hearing. And that's a critical feature um, because the more important that hearing is, um, the more likely it is that you would want to engage us for that hearing. So most of our clients, um, for those folks who will be listening on uh, on this podcast, uh, if you are a customer of ours, you probably already have the ability to ask for us to represent you in an unemployment hearing. And it's very important um, that you do that, especially if it's complex or you have team members who might be um, uh, less comfortable, shall we say, with with that, and and I will tell you, you know, generally you need firsthand testimony for an unemployment hearing, and for someone um, who's a, a management or a supervisory employee um, and is the firsthand witness um, for the unemployment hearing, they're not going to these all the time. So there is a lack of comfort. There's probably a lack of uh, understanding of that process I mentioned and those opportunities uh, to pr- present sto- uh, statements and cross-examination. And so a representative from our office whose full-time day job um, is unemployment hearings, and I know that, that sounds weird to most of us. I, like I said, these aren't normally fun, fun things to participate in, but these folks uh, do them day in and day out, so they're very good at it. They have a lot of muscle memory around what the state's looking for, what the process is like, and what is being, uh, what's going to be asked. So those folks, um, we know that they're effective uh, because – uh, we typically see around a 12% lift in success rates uh, between a client handling that themselves and our folks handling that with them. And that's important because, as I mentioned before, that dollar um, dollar of benefits paid out is worth a lot more in terms of tax payments paid in to replenish it. To get even more out of today's episode, make sure you get your free tools like webinars, ebooks, videos, and more at equifax.com slash wise. Yeah, and that's honestly an astounding statistic that when we rep clients or we provide the representation for clients that there's a 12% increase in the success rate. Um, so we talked a lot about preparation. Can you talk a little bit about the types of documents or the things that an employer should make sure that they have access to or have with them if they're going to attend one of these hearings on their own? Yeah, absolutely. And and it really brings up another good point, which is um, providing information at the initial step of an unemployment claim can actually help you avoid going to some hearings. And I know that sounds odd to say, but the more complete the documentation and information that you present in the initial claims response to the state, the more likely they are to make the right decision on the front end, right? And the state makes the rules when it comes to unemployment so that, you know, we don't determine whether someone collects benefits, but the state does. Um, We just know what documentation they're going to need to make the right decision. And by doing that, uh, it can often avoid an unfavorable decision uh, on the front end, and therefore, uh, you know, no need to uh, go down and actually participate in an unemployment hearing. So that's a that's a really important fact. Uh, but generally speaking, when you go to an unemployment hearing, um, you're going to need the personnel file um, of that individual, whether that's in front of you, um, taking it with you if you're going in person. And typically, there's a need to have duplicates uh, and sometimes triplicates, a copy for yourself, a copy for the state, and a copy for the claimant, and often that needs to be sent in ahead of time. 
So preparing for an unemployment hearing is very important. And again, that's where that preparation that we provide uh, can really come in handy, especially with where there's a lack of uh, familiarity or, like I said, um, comfort zone or even that muscle memory just by not having to do that very often. Yeah, it sounds like that both preparation, but honestly, the representation is extremely important for um, an employer that may not go to or attend these hearings every day of the week. So when you think about the hearing process and when you think about an employer showing up, what are some of the pitfalls that they should think about, look out for? What should they just be aware of when they're walking in to make sure that they are eyes wide open? So can you go through some of what I would just call the pitfalls that they might need to just be watching for while they're preparing for and then attending that hearing? Yeah, it's it's really very basic. Make sure that you've got all that documentation. Make sure your firsthand testimony shows up or calls in. Um, that's a really important component as well. Um, and also, um, if the claimant themselves uh, doesn't appear uh, to a hearing, that's a very important um, component of the hearing. At that point, if you asked for the hearing uh, because you had initially lost that case, you're going to want to go ahead and present uh, present your testimony uh, on that unemployment hearing, whether the claimant's there or not. Uh, if the claimant uh, called for this hearing and doesn't ar- doesn't arrive, um, then it's really uh, worthwhile to to motion to dismiss that hearing um, so that it doesn't need to take place. You've already won. Uh, the claimant's not there to present anything to the contrary, so it should stand on its own. Um, the other things, like I said, is making sure that that documentation is as thorough as possible. And it's it's one of those things that we always like to tell folks. That's why we encourage really thorough documentation upon separation uh, because that's the time to do it, not when you've got an unemployment hearing uh, staring you in the face um, and you don't have that documentation. We all know managers turn over, um, HR people turn over. So the individuals who were there when this person separated um, may no longer be there. So that documentation becomes extremely important. Well, and it sounds like consistency is important, too. So I know you've talked about policies and policy manuals and talked about the steps for both the separation process and then the preparation process. So how important is it to define those up front? And what recommendations would you have for an employer when they're looking to set up the process around both documenting their separations and what tools do we have that may be able to help employers as they look at not just the hearing process, but all the pieces that would lead up to the documentation necessary to successfully show up for a hearing? Yeah, it's, it, you, you hit on a really good point there, Jason, which is the consistency. Um, In terms of um, your success in unemployment hearings as an employer, you're going to be much more successful in enforcing company policies that you consistently enforce yourself, right? Um, So if you generally have an attendance policy uh, and it has a certain number of absences and or tardy instances instances and so forth that are allowed, uh, if there's a standard cadence as far as performance um, evaluations or personnel action Um, uh, that is taken uh, as part of those incidents, make sure that those are uniformly uh, and consistently enforced across your population uh, because that will be asked um, whether this uh, was an exception, whether there are usually exceptions for this kind of an incident. 
and so forth. So while we don't um, ourselves offer a service as far as HR consulting around your policies, what we can help you with is helping to understand um, how you use those policies uh, in an optimal way for unemployment. There, there are best practices and there are generally be, to be consistent um, with, with how you enforce them. The other thing obviously is make sure that you have and you keep uh, from an employment and, and personnel file perspective uh, someone's uh, signature that they have, even if it's an electronic signature, that they have read the policy, that they understand the policy, and they agree to it. Those are really important. Honestly, it sounds like it. And with most things in HR, consistency process are key in making sure that you do it, you do it correctly, and you expect the outcome. Uh, so I can't, I'm going to go back to 12% increase. To me, that is phenomenal. The increase in win rate using our representatives. Can you talk to me a little bit about why our representatives do better or have those better outcomes? Yeah, absolutely. And it's really simple and straightforward. It's, it is, number one, their comfort level with this process and their knowledge and expertise, but it's also uh, that they are not emotionally attached to the case, right? So they're going to be handling these um, with their expert background. Uh, it's important to note that we, as a, a solution provider for unemployment cost management, maintain a substantial number of individuals that are dedicated uh, to participating in unemployment hearings with our customers. So that's, a, that's an important thing to note. These are folks that, again, it's their day job. It's their uh, it's what they kind of live and eat and breathe um, as far as um, their work. And so they're very comfortable with the process. They understand unemployment. They even know the nuances on a, from a state-by-state uh, state basis. Uh, and, again, they don't have the emotional attachment. They don't have the, uh, the discomfort uh, that, a lot of, uh, that a lot of employers might have specifically about an unemployment hearing. Uh, and that allows them to do this in a more methodological kind of a way, right? Um, there, there's much more uh, of, of a standard process that they follow uh, that is much more successful. And in addition, they have a, a great deal of knowledge about what the state is looking for and, and um, how those state regulations and statutes and rules are applied based on the separation. And they're able to offer that information. I love that. And I like that, you, you know, you continuously point out that consistency is key and muscle memory. This is what they do every day. And then being divorced from the emotions of what can be, I would imagine for an employer, a very emotional time, especially if it's not something that they do every day. So I think that those, those points are well taken, but then I'll just kind of go back to Preparation is, it sounds like it is one of the most important things, but understanding what you're doing, knowing the differences, like you mentioned, from state to state, have to be some of the top things that we provide that really help move the needle for our clients and kind of get us to where that 12% increase lays. So, everybody. We're out of time for today, but I would like to thank Dave for joining us on the Workforce Wise podcast. We hope you all enjoyed today's discussion, and we hope you're walking away with some best practices that you can adopt at your organization. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe to the Workforce Wise podcast. 
And don't forget to download your free tools at equifax.com wise. While you're there, check out our other episodes and sign up for our live tech demo to see our solutions in action. And to keep our lawyers happy, you should know the information provided on the Workforce Wise podcast is intended as general guidance and not intended to convey specific tax or legal advice. For tax or legal information pertaining to your company and its specific facts and needs, please consult your own tax advisor or legal counsel. The views expressed are those of the discussion leaders and do not necessarily reflect official positions of Equifax. Investor analysts should direct inquiries using the contact us box on the investor relations section at equifax.com.